3: Heart spreadin' the news. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. New
0: York, New York, these vagabond shoes. Good morning and welcome to Inside the Huddle Bowl edition. The Hoosiers are headed to New York City to play in the Pinstripe Bowl at Yankee Stadium hence the Frank Sinatra. Uh TJ, how are you this morning? Uh, hopefully the weather is nice in Indianapolis. It is gorgeous down here in Florida.
4: Well it's uh it's not you know swimming weather as you likely have in Florida, but uh it's uh for December. It's certainly not gonna be something you complain about. It's uh I don't know, mid fifties, the sun's out, so cannot complain at all and that was very appropriate music uh, for the occasion. It was um love some Frank Sinatra, and it's it's really good to be able to have this show uh, talking about uh, an IU season that continues with the bowl game.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk bowl game, some recruiting. We've had a lot of recruiting news over the past yep. week. Uh, we decided to just make it a whole big show on Friday. Um, TJ, mm-hmm. 50 degrees is swimming weather for some people uh, in the Polar Bear that's Club, that's but or if you have an indoor yep. pool, but... Uh, I don't think Hoosier huddle has the funds for an indoor pool uh, yet now. So uh, maybe yet. next year, <laughs> uh, maybe next year, we will also go over um, some playoff picks. Uh, you know, the the big 10 championship game, TJ, I, I was there. The atmosphere was unbelievable. Um, Iowa fans. I think it's almost a 70 30 split the Michigan state fans. You know, they were there, they're loud, they were into it. Uh, it's nothing against them, but it was Iowa's biggest of um, in their history, and those fans showed up in droves, they were loud, and it, it was awesome and rocking Lucas Oil Stadium.
4: Yeah, it um, it looked great on TV. I know that uh, I, you just think about it from a city of Indianapolis standpoint, which is not what this podcast is about, but from a city of Indianapolis standpoint, which is where we live, Um, it's really great to continue to have such good fan support for the Big Ten title game. Um, I know that the SEC title game usually has very good fan support, uh, and it's been in the same location for a long time. Uh, The ACC title game usually does not have had very good support this year, but it usually doesn't. So you kind of have a a mixed bag of um, these title games where – Sometimes it doesn't come off so well. The American Conference title game, uh, they hold theirs at the uh, highest-ranked team. They hold that at their location, which I think is a, a good reward for that team. And I, I watched that uh, game with Houston and Temple um, earlier in that day on Saturday, and that was a great atmosphere, just from a you know home standpoint for Houston. So it's, it's all really a mixed bag, but I think the Big Ten, year in and year out, has the, I don't know if it's the best, either them and the SEC has kind of that best atmosphere from a neutral uh, neutral stadium point of view and having a team like Iowa that hasn't been their uh, play-in game. I mean, the committee can say whatever they want. That's what it was. It was a play-in game for the for the college football playoff. Yeah, it was a, so a it was quarter-final stakes. game. Um... Right, yeah, so huge stakes, uh, and it, it just it came across really well on TV. The game itself, um, you know, I, I thought it was certainly very physical. Um, I thought that both teams were a little conservative for the first half, which is understandable. Uh, you definitely don't want to do something that's going to end up costing you. So I thought that both schools' uh, offensive coordinators were maybe a little bit conservative, but the second half, uh, it was was very exciting. Um, certainly not a shootout like you might have in some games, but you know, it was what we expected. It was physical, it was uh very close. I thought it was two evenly matched teams that ended up being separated by really uh an inch as L J. Scott was able to to get in just with, you know, a second effort, reaching the ball across the goal line on a what was that, a twenty two play drive for Michigan State that that's about as impressive as you're going to find. And it was clear that Connor cook was not a hundred percent. So I'm going to be interested to see, and we'll talk about this game at a later date or later on today, but, um, I'll be interested to see whether or not Connor cook can get back to being himself before they take on Alabama. They're certainly going to need him in that one. But, uh, ultimately it was just a, a really, really great game for the big 10 and, uh, Overall, a good event for the city of Indianapolis. I, I hope that it uh, continues to be in Indianapolis, you know, long, long term. Because I think it's a, a really good event that the city puts on really well, and that's the kind of thing that Indianapolis
0: does really well. So, yeah, yeah that's great. what I wanted to touch on, TJ. Is that Indianapolis does yeah. such an awesome job at these big events? Uh, I was at the Super Bowl uh, when I was when I was there. Uh, The Final Four last year, they do all these big events really, really great. And, you know, the weather was good this year. It wasn't raining like last year, uh, and that helps it out. Um, But we're going to bring in Matt Weaver from Peaks.com, talk a little recruiting. Uh, Matt, welcome to the show. Sorry I gave you the wrong phone number again. Hopefully you didn't call a stranger's house looking for the podcast again. How are you?
3: I'm okay. How are you guys doing? We're
0: We're doing excellent hopefully uh the weather's nice enough in indy you could uh break out your new golf clubs this week
3: yeah it's actually pretty nice today not too bad
0: Good, matt um indiana has had uh two duco recruits uh commit this weekend let's talk a little bit about those first um how about richard is it Legault? legau um can you tell us a little bit about uh the quarterback from from texas
3: um yeah he's a you know he's a big guy i mean if you uh physically he's almost uh, exactly the same as as Nate uh, about the same height 6-6 around 240 which is about what Nate is um can really throw the ball like Nate can um his arm his arm strength might actually be just a tad better than Nate's um he's not going to not going to be a huge threat um like Nate is uh, uh running the ball but can can run it well enough, kinda of like Nate, where you can still use him occasionally in the read option and, and let him keep it and and he can pick up some positive yards for you. But his but his strength is um standing in the pocket and, and scanning the field and, and throwing the ball because uh he's a big big strong pocket passer and um you know obviously in Indiana's offense that's proven to be pretty effective.
0: Right. And and Indiana going forward needed a quarterback. Is he the guy who's gonna start right away or is he gonna to have to beat out uh xander diamant and austin king and 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 patrick ramsey in order to get that spot
1: um
3: yeah he's um well i mean he's gonna have to win the job i mean nothing's gonna be handed to him but you know coach wilson's um kind of uh theory or model whatever with junior college players is is you don't recruit junior college guys to come in and just be depth players or backups you recruit them to come in and and, um, you know, hopefully start and, and be uh, impact guys because you only have them for a couple of years. Um, and if it takes you a year or so just to get them in the mix, then you you kind of wasted a scholarship. So, um, you know, you're not going to be handed to them. And if if Xander Diamond or Ramsey or uh, Austin King or whoever um, is just outstanding and wins the job, then they'll play. But you know, I think he's – you know, I think it's a safe bet to say that he's the odds-on favorite to win the job, and coming here for spring is really going to help him, um, you know, get up to speed with the offense and the other guys.
0: Uh, you know, going forward, quarterback was that missing piece for next season. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. There's still a bowl game to play. I, uh, How good can this team be next year with the with go at quarterback?
3: Um, well, uh, you know, I think they can be – I think you, I think the offense can be, you know, let, let's – if you kind of assume, if you kind of think that he's, um, uh, you know, going to live up to the hype and he's, you know, uh, relatively close to what Nate gives you this year, the offense should be – shouldn't miss a beat. I mean, now, you kind of want to – you're going to lose Jason Spriggs. You're going to lose Jake Reed for sure off the O-line. If Dan Feeney has the opportunity to possibly go pro, I mean, you know, first team All-Big Ten, All-American, um, just played fantastic this year. Um, you know, so if you lose him, I think the O-line will still be good, but it, it, it's you obviously going to be in transition. They got a lot of talent there could take them a few games to kind of get get their feet under them. And then, you know, what does Jordan Howard do? Um, you know, the one guy we haven't seen that Coach Wilson has raved about is Camion Patrick. Um, wherever he plays next year, he's going to be a big, big impact player. And you get Jay Sean Harris back, and then everybody else will be a year older and, you know, hopefully a year better. So I, I think the offense, I don't think the offense will be, uh, you know, you, you, you worry about it a little bit just because there's going to be some transition. But Kevin Wilson's always put good offices out there, and I don't expect that to change next year.
0: Right. Uh, And and another uh, Juco uh, kid who recruited was Ian Thompson out of Nassau Community College in New York. Uh, He's a tight end. Uh, Tell us a little bit about uh, about Ian, Matt. He's
3: from he's from Baltimore originally. I don't I I don't think he was a big time recruit out of high school. He had to um, he had to um, go to Juco you know, that academically he, he fell short. Um, six five, two twenty five, probably I would guess by the time that he's a he's a May grad, so he won't be here in, in the spring. Um uh so but he'll be graduating in May and then be here, you know, the first week of June when everybody else is. So he'll have a few months to get up to speed. today you know, I, I know they really liked him. He's an athletic guy. You watch this film, um, you know, he can catch the ball, he can really he can really get yards after the catch. Um, probably gonna need to bulk up a little bit to, to really help him in, in the blocking game, but with um you know if you get Danny Friend back from his injury. It looks like Danny Friend could play in the bowl game, so he seems to be back. Um and then if uh, Brandon Knight's still at tight end, you got two blocking tight ends right there. So he could be more of a pass catcher. I think he's kind of in the Jordan Fuchs mold. Um, but he you know, I think that he's a the guy they see is because can help him in the blocking game, but he's probably gonna have to get a little bit bigger. But this is a this is another guy you could split out wide a receiver in that slot and create some mismatches in your passing game.
0: Right. And y- we we've seen um, we've seen some recruits decommit. Uh, Tyus Flakes um, after his official visit seemed like it was going so well. Uh, he decommitted, I believe it was on Sunday. Uh, is there anything there, or is it something that it, he just wasn't a good fit and didn't you know didn't like uh, you know what he saw here?
3: I just think it was a case where both sides maybe didn't see it as a great fit after kind of bringing him in. I mean, it's it, that doesn't happen a lot, but it's not completely. You know, you have to remember when you're in, in recruiting, you only you only have so much time to um, to get to know guys. And, and coaches do a good job at all schools, not just Indiana. But, you know, sometimes you, know, you bring a guy in for a couple nights and, and maybe you, you bring him in and you, he's not quite what you thought and and um, and maybe Indiana was not quite what he thought. So I think it was just a case where they both just kind of thought it would be maybe better to, to part ways. I mean, he, he messaged me and said he'd like to play a little bit closer to home. So, you know, it's 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 kind of a bummer, but it's better to find it out now than, you know, next September after he's been on campus for uh, a few months and then you're like, and he transfers, and, and then a guy that you are maybe counting on or a scholarship you had given, now you're kind of, you've just lost a player. So it's timing, the timing is, is not the greatest, but it's not terrible. So, you know, it's just one of those deals that happens in recruiting.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. uh, there, uh, go ahead, TJ. Yeah, I, I just... Uh, with with the decommitment of
4: Tyus Flakes um you know they still have a, a cold guest uh, is a guy from Ohio that i he's projected in a couple different spots maybe running back maybe kind of a slot type guy but uh what do you think they do now at uh, at running backs i know they you know every school likes to bring in at least one guy at that position uh, every year maybe two guys so how do you how do you see that shaking out as we move forward with the 2016 class
3: Well, I think they'll definitely bring in another guy because, you know, obviously they were going to bring in two with Flakes and Guest, um, and now you're down one, and, you know, even if Howard's back, they were going to bring in two. If for some reason Jordan Howard decides not to come back, you've got to definitely bring in two, in my opinion, and it wouldn't shock me to see a third guy, but they're bringing in a guy this weekend, Tyler Nati from out of um, Euless, Texas. Um, He will probably play some running back, but he's, he's kind of a unique guy. He's a guy that Coach Wilson kinda of used when he was Oklahoma and they kinda of used a an H back, full back type of guy. He's six foot, two hundred and fifty five pounds and played quarterback for one of the best teams in the state of Texas. Um and he is he's not a burner. I mean he's about probably high four six, right around four seven, so he's not gonna break a bunch of long runs, but he has got He's got really good balance, hard to tackle, and he's a guy that you could use in a couple different roles. I did a story on him. He said they told him some running backs, some fullbacks, some H-back, even like an offset tight end. It's just, I think it's a guy that they're in this, since they've been in Indiana, they haven't really had a guy like this, and they're kind of creating a role for him like like Coach Wilson had at Oklahoma. And then there's probably some other guys that could pop up. Trey Regas from Louisiana is a guy they've talked to. Um, Trey Nation from who's from Alabama. I think it's Leedsville, Alabama, is another guy that I I've heard him kind of uh mentioned with. But I think right now it's Nate an and then we'll see in January, you know, if he if he you know he could commit this weekend, if he doesn't, or if it looks like he they may not get him, maybe they start looking elsewhere. All
0: right. Matt, there are some in in state recruits who are on the fence about IU and some guys who, you know, might flip. Are there any in-state guys that you think IU ends up landing now that they have their sixth win and that and that bowl game?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think they lead for Coy Cronk. He's going to Iowa State this week, and he was going to go to Illinois, and I had been hearing all along Indiana and Illinois over the top two. So um, I'm thinking maybe Illinois might be out now because I think he wants to get it over with uh, soon. I mean, he's talked about maybe taking visits in January, but – I think he's kind of getting to the point where he kind of like to end the process. Now, Iowa State's interesting uh, because um, he wasn't – I don't know how much interest he had in them before, um, but the coach there obviously now is Matt Campbell from Toledo. They offered him at Toledo. They, he had a relationship. And they're, um, one of the Illinois coaches that he had a relationship with is now on the staff at Iowa State. Um, but I have to think they're really playing catch up. I mean, he's been to Indiana a bunch. It's much closer to home, which I've heard is a factor with him. Not that Iowa State's terribly far, but it's obviously you know Indiana's much closer. And then he's got the relationship with IU. I think they lead for him. Colin Miller's coming this weekend. Uh, he'd be a huge get. He he's a pass rush DN uh, bandit linebacker type. Um, Hamilton Southeastern. He'll he'll be in this weekend. I think I think they lead for him. Wouldn't shock me if he committed this weekend, um, but you never know. And then um, Keontae Enos, the Michigan commit, is coming this weekend. Hard to say where they sit with him. Um, There's a story on him recently where he said Michigan's not really contacting them that much, like maybe once a month. That's Usually, schools start doing that when um, it's kind of like when you're dating a girl and you stop talking to her because you don't want to date her anymore. It's kind of what Michigan's doing to Keontae Enos. So, um, you know, he could be back on the market, he'd be a good pickup um Javon Swan's coming in this weekend Stanford Northwestern have really done a good job with him so you know hopefully they can they can Indiana can catch up and maybe pull ahead after this weekend so those are the those right there are the main guys been some whispers about Chris Evans possibly you know in Indiana being involved but right now until he visits I don't consider consider that serious uh, a serious option
0: right and Matt we're gonna uh get to the bowl game here um are you excited to go to New York? Uh, you know, it's the first bowl game since 2007. Uh, what does it mean for the program uh, to play in it and to play uh, a team like Duke, who I believe is it's a, a good matchup game? Um, it's actually one of the better games on the schedule that day. Um, so what does it mean to IU to, to get a team like Duke, and what would it mean for to get a win?
3: Well, first, of course, I'm excited to go to New York. I got a, I got a free place to stay and a free tour guide, so – uh,
0: it's, well, it's already starting off good for me. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully you don't get mugged, and and your tour guide's a good one. So, uh, okay. but
3: um, yeah, it's it's big for IU. I mean, um, uh, it's you know, it's I I think it's a great it's a great um uh locale. I think the pinstripe Bowl is a bowl game. It's I think it's what maybe six years old, five or six years old, if I'm not mistaken. Um and it's it's grown every year and I think you know, I think a lot of people probably were skeptical about a bowl game in in you know, that part of the country in in December, but it it's been a fantastic game and I think it's great for Indiana. It's you know, New York City. It's the it's a it's the greatest city in, in the world and it's 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 huge. Yankee Stadium doesn't get any bigger than that and Duke is a quality opponent. David Cutcliffe, who, you know, I think he's been a great coach for a long time. I mean, he did a good job at Old Miss, obviously at Tennessee as the O coordinator with Peyton Manning. Um, and he's completely – Duke and Indiana are kind of similar programs. They've, they've, you know, for, some, for so long have not been very good. And he's really done a fantastic job at Duke. And I think it's going to be a good game. Two pretty good offenses. You know, obviously Duke's defense statistically is a little bit better. Um, well, actually probably quite a bit better. But, you know, I don't know if they faced an offense other than Clemson like Indiana that's as explosive as this, maybe Carolina. Um, so it'll be it, – it should be a good game. I think it's going to be a good game, probably a pretty high scoring depending on the weather. Um, but it's great for Indiana. It's just I said any bowl game would be great and they've they've got a good one in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Well Matt, thanks for joining us. Do remember to bring a coat and probably a hat and gloves. It is an open air press box at Yankee Stadium, so uh maybe we'll catch an errant uh throw or kick because um, there there won't <laughs> be any foul balls. Maybe uh, maybe we'll take some batting practice as well. Uh but thanks for joining us. Uh hopefully you get some golf in. Uh, I'll send you a picture uh from the golf course tomorrow.
3: Okay. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank all you,
0: Matt. Right. That was, Thanks, Matt. That was Matt Weaver from Peak.com. Always great stuff from him on recruiting. Uh, in-state, uh, you know, you, you follow him on Twitter. It's uh, at MB underscore Weaver, I believe. Um, and all of a sudden the season ends, and he's popping up on Twitter all the time. So uh, give him <laughs> a follow. Uh, he's all over the recruiting scene for IU, um you know, it, it, you know, any time you go to New York and you get a free place to stay and, and and a free tour guide, I'd be a little leery. Uh but uh we'll we'll take care of Matt in, in New York. Um and TJ, let's talk a little bit about the bowl. We're gonna have Lyndon Ostrander come on uh here in about fifteen minutes uh to talk recruiting down in Florida. IU uh, you did get a two thousand seventeen commit from uh the Pinellas County area in uh Tyler Knight. I was tweeting him last night about hockey. So, uh, you know, a little fun ban- banter back and forth. But, TJ, you know, this matchup with Duke, you wrote a little bit about it in your uh, get-to-know-Duke uh, piece. We'll have more coverage starting soon. Uh, I wish the ACC Network had the Duke games like the Big Ten Network has all the other games so I could watch them. Uh, but how how good of a matchup is this? How I, I believe this is one of the better bowl games uh, matchup-wise. Uh on the
4: 26th. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I think just overall I agree with what uh, what you and Matt are saying. Any bowl game would be good, but, you know, it would have been a little bit of a letdown to, you know, play in a kind of a lesser bowl game or a lesser destination against, I think the big thing is against an opponent. Uh, I would not have been thrilled if IU would have been placed against, you know, a Mac school, not that it wouldn't have been an entertaining game, but just attention wise, you're not gonna get uh you're not gonna get near as much attention if you're taking on, you know, a, I don't know, a northern Illinois or a Toledo. Uh it would have been a fun game and I still would have been thrilled by you because in a bowl game, I think it's good to play a major conference opponent. Uh, as far as Duke goes, uh, you know, they're seven and five on the season. Uh they went four and four in the ACC really a tale of two seasons for them they started out very strong uh their first two opponents and then took on northwestern lost to them 19 to 10 at home which you know at the time people didn't really know what to think of that game well turns out northwestern's a good team especially on the defensive side of the ball so that's certainly nothing to uh, be ashamed about they beat Georgia Tech, they've beaten Boston College, they lost to Virginia Tech, or they beat Virginia Tech in four overtimes. Um, you know, you look at their last month of the season though, kind of their last five games, losses to Miami, they gave up sixty six to North Carolina, uh, lost to Pittsburgh pretty handily, lost to Virginia, who is not a good football team. Uh common opponent, wake Forest, their last game of the season they beat the Demon Deacons 27-21. to 21. So, you know, Indiana played Wake Forest uh, earlier in the season, as we know, was very impressive for about three and a half quarters, and then, you know, let Wake Forest get back into the game and uh, have a chance to take it at the end. But uh, so that's kind of a evenly matched uh, opponent there for Indiana. I, I think Duke... Is a better defensive team than they are offense. Their defense is top 50 in the S&P Plus. The offense uh, is uh, 91. So total, they're 74th, which is a few spots below Indiana. I think Indiana is like 67th right now. Um, They have a quarterback, dual-threat guy by the name of Thomas Sirk. He's going to be the main guy to watch when Duke has the ball. Uh, He has a 60% completion rate. He's thrown for almost 2,500 yards. 15 touchdowns, six interceptions. So he's deleting passer, obviously. He's deleting rusher as well. Uh, 701 yards on the season. So um, I, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how Indiana does with that. I think that, by and large, they've done a pretty good job against rushing quarterbacks, but they haven't really ended up playing anybody that has tried to run it all that much on them since the opening week of the season uh, with Southern Illinois, they haven't really taken on a, a quarterback that's made a concerted effort to run a ton. I know C.J. uh had a couple of big runs when the pocket broke down. I'm sorry, Jake Rudolph, excuse me, uh, for Michigan, had a couple of big runs when the pocket broke down. But um, really, Indiana's done a pretty good job against rushing quarterbacks when they've tried to, to run on them. Their top running back is uh, – the guy that has 534 yards. So they don't have really that one guy at tailback. They carry, uh, they kind of split them between three or four guys. Um, Wide receiver-wise, again, very balanced. Four pass catchers that have more than 50 targets. So you're looking at a a group that uh, Max McCaffrey is the main main guy with 48 catches, 601 yards. Uh, they have a guy named Anthony Nash that is 6'5", so he could be somebody that uh, is a problem in the red zone for Indiana because uh, he has the size that might be a concern. I think Tyvar Green might end up taking on him whenever uh, Nash is in the game. Um, offensive line was the fourth best adjusted sack rate in the nation, so they don't give up very many sacks. That could also somewhat be uh, attributed to the mobility of Thomas Sirk. But either way, it's tough to get pressure or uh, or sacks on Thomas Sirk, and that's an area that Indiana has struggled with somewhat. And their defense, uh, they've got uh, a safety that was the first-team All-ACC safety. I believe he was the unanimous selection to that. Jeremy Cash is his name second on the team in tackles, first on the team in tackles for loss. He had 18 of them, which is very impressive for a safety, and it shows you that they uh, use him in a lot of different ways, use him to get pressure, or uh, or on run blitzes as well. Um, their top linebacker was Dwayne Norman. He's third team all ACC. They had, uh, I think they had five guys on the LACC teams, offense and defense combined, a couple on the O-line, and uh the defenders,
0: so... You know,
4: yeah, they, they have a, a big-time safety
0: who's now a two-time All-American as well. I think, isn't it Jeremy Cash?
4: Oh, Cash is that guy. Okay, I didn't know Cash was a two-time All-American, but yeah, he was he was the unanimous pick um, on the uh, first-team All-ACC team, so definitely their best defender. They had a 6-1 record at the start of the year, and then they lost four of their last five to go to a 7-5 finish, so if you're talking strictly momentum, Indiana's won you know, two in a row, and Duke's lost four or five, so it's uh, it's kind of a. I wouldn't say that Indiana has a ton of momentum coming into the bowl game. I mean, they they beat Maryland and Purdue, so let's not pretend like they've you know reeled off four straight against good competition to, to end the season. But you'd rather win two in a row as opposed to lose four or five, so I think Indiana does have a little bit of momentum for whatever that matters with this you know long break, but. Yeah, it's, a, it's a it's an even matchup it's a winnable game for Indiana uh i believe that, that if you look at uh, if you look at the experts they're expecting like a two or three point game that uh has the winning team getting up into the low 30s so uh, it it figures to be a pretty exciting matchup as far as the stakes for it i i know that a lot of people will say, well, the result doesn't matter. Well, I, I kind of disagree with that. I think that it would do a lot for Indiana to beat uh, yeah,
0: totally another
4: it. power conference team. I mean, I, it I think it would
0: – It gives you a winning record for the first time since 2007. Uh, it right. brings you all the moment. It, you know, this is the difference between a winning year and a losing year. You're 6-6. Six and six. If yeah. you win this game, you're 7-6. and six. You lose your 6-7. and seven. So it's yep. something that, you know – yeah, seven and six is not you know a, a awesome record, but it's the first win. It would be the first winning season since two thousand seven. It'd be your first bowl win since nineteen ninety one. So these are the things on your checklist on becoming a better, better, better program that you have to, you know, check off. You have to be. You have to win a bowl game. You have to have a winning season. That's two right there. You have to go to a bowl game and get that six win. That's something they already checked off. They won two road games to end the year. I know it's not a. You said, like you said, it's not a great. It's a great competition, but how many road games in the Big Ten have they won in the last ten years? Not many, and they won yeah. two in a row with the backs against the wall. Where lost, and they were probably eliminated from bowl contention. So, you know, for yeah, I mean, people, I, you know, you yeah. you look at
4: uh, you look at kind of where this would put them where this win would rank in terms of the season. I think it'd be their second best win of the season. I think the Western Kentucky win has proven to be the best. Uh, Western Kentucky went on to win uh, Conference USA, and I think they have 10 wins. Is that
0: correct? I think they have 11 wins. They finished the regular season with 10, 10 wins. They won the Conference USA Championship Okay. And so they're going for twelve wins in the Miami Beach Bowl against, I believe, South Florida. Oh, it's the Willie Taggart Bowl. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think um, that would
4: rank as the best win. And then this, I think, this would fall in line as the second best team that they've knocked off uh, if they could get the win. So it'd be a second ACC opponent that they would win, that they would uh, defeat. It would um, it would give them another win away from home, which would be right. impressive. And like you said, just in terms of the momentum and the narrative moving into the off season, instead of six and seven, you're looking at seven and six. You've got a winning record. Plus, you feel good about how you played in pretty much all of the games in which you lost. Not all of them, but almost all of them. So, I think it would really say a lot about kind of the direction of the program. Uh, plus, you know, you're you're playing on national TV on a day that. A lot of people are going to be home around family with, uh, you know, kind of ready to watch watch TV and not have to spend any more time uh, talking to extended family or whatever. They've already done that for a day or two. So
0: the 26, yeah, you're, already, you're, you're not, sick not of competing with a lot, a lot of a other hook, things. So. Yeah, you're already sick of, of extended family by that time. Yeah. You throw it on the TV. Yeah. Um, it is a, an ABC game at 3.30, a, a lot of eyeballs on it. It should be a good game. That's the big thing. It's not going right. to be one of these bowl games that's knock on wood. Um, right? But it, it should be a good game. And, and speaking of, of national coverage, um, we're going to bring in Lyndon Ostrander uh, from the Tampa Tribune, who's uh, you know friend of the show, great contributor. Uh, we'll see what, what he thinks and, and recruits down there think about you. And it's just another game um, that – you get eyeballs on the TV. Also, if you win, you get the George M. Steinbrenner Trophy. So it's another trophy to throw in the trophy case and, and parade yeah. around campus. So, uh, a it's rare bowl gonna... game trophy, too. Don't have yeah. a lot of those. Nope. So we're welcoming in uh, Lyndon Ostrander from the Tampa Tribune. Uh, Lyndon, how are you? I'm enjoying the Florida weather as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. You can't beat 70 degrees in December. It's hard to find that in uh, many states in the country.
0: No, no. Uh so Lyndon, uh last time we talked, uh we, we just talked about some recruits. Um but Indiana got a commit from a twenty uh seventeen lineman from uh is he from, he's from Largo, right? Uh Tyler Knight. No, he's
2: from North
0: Northside Christian. Uh he went to Calvary Christian last year up in Clearwater and he
2: transferred to Northside Christian where Mike Allstott is the head coach um down in Saint Pete. Um pretty athletic, he's a pretty athletic guy. Um he was converted from a tight end to an offensive tackle um he really bulked up over over the summer he's got really good feet um he's, i think that's why colleges really like him and especially indiana because he can get out to the edge um and his hands have gotten a lot better he's just he's, he was started out as a project and he's really coming into his own um and he's starting to get some looks so he's doing well
0: so how so it's been a long time if not ever that indiana's gotten to commit from a, a person a, 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 or a player who's a junior. How solid is his commitment to Indiana? He seems, you know, I, I was tweeting him last night about hockey, but he seems to, um, <laughs> he seems to, you know, retweet all my stuff and, and be really into it. Or, or is this a case of if somebody, you know, a, a better program comes along, his recruitment is obviously still open.
2: Well, obviously he's a junior, so for most juniors, you know, it's going to be it's going to be open. But uh, he did commit pretty early, and he comes from a school where. You know, you commit and you stay honest, you stay true to the team you're gonna to commit to and um I he's always been talking about Indiana to me and so is his uncle. They they talk about it all the time. Um and he you know, he committed pretty early to you guys, so that's a really good sign. Um and he, he's if he's retweeting your stuff on Twitter, that's always a good sign. You always wanna follow the visits and follow the Twitter action. That those are always the biggest indicator. And Indiana was his only real visit. Um, but again, he's a junior, so you, you just have to wait and see. And if he gets a big offer, he'll have to consider that. Um, but he's, I think he really likes Indiana and he's a good kid too. He's a really good kid. He's, he's a good fit for that program.
0: Yep. Linda, we saw, um, you know, coach Wilson and, and Greg fried down in, um, I believe down in Pinellas County for the, those, uh, championship games and, and the playoff games, I believe it was uh-huh. the, the week of Thanksgiving and the week after Thanksgiving, Uh, how big of a presence does IU have down here with these schools? Oh, a huge
2: presence. I mean, a big presence. You know, Greg Fry's is an all-matter Clearwater High School who's on the rise and down here a lot. I mean, he was was down here last year when I first saw him, and he got um, Hale and Crawford. So right there in itself says a lot. Um, They show their face, and I think that's a big deal to kids is, is showing up physically, not just talking through Twitter or messaging. It's showing up and showing that you care. And I think Indiana does a great job of showing that they care and offering kids early. Um, that's very key. And they've done a good job, and they have a lot of solid connections with a lot of coaches around here. And they're trying to get kids from Florida, um, and, and they've realized that that's a lot of talents down here. And um, they've done a good job of kind of keeping a mainstay and keeping a hold on this area for the most. When, when you compare yourself to other Big Ten schools, you know, they've done a good job of getting those – Three, you know high 3 stars you know trying to get those 4 to 5 stars now but but they they recognize talent i think indiana does a great job of recognizing talent and um trying to lure those kids into indiana
0: right and, and another brand recognition thing now that indiana has you know the is going to the bowl game they've got that 6 win I know the coach's pitch kind of in the past was, hey, we're building something here. Um, how are sure. playing in bowl games, playing on ABC and, and, and these 330 games? I think IU has only played in, you know, three or four uh, Big Ten Network games. And uh, at least at, at my mom's place down here, we don't have Big Ten Network. But how how does playing on these national TV games help the brand down in Florida?
2: Oh, sure. I mean, most kids, you know, if they have of Ashford, of, you know, going in a field or anything like that. You know, playing in a bowl game on national TV um, is huge for them to showcase their skills, and um, they want to be seen by all the scouts they can. And, you know, playing on national TV is, is a big deal to their family, so that if their family can come to the game, they can watch TV. Um, they want to go, you know, some of these high recruits want to go somewhere where they're on a national stage. And, you know, going to Indiana and being able to play in the 10 and play Michigan, you know, Ohio State, you know, some of these schools, and then being able to make a bowl game—that's huge. Um, I think kids want to go there. You know, I'll give you an example for, for down here, USF. You know, coming this year, we're losing a lot of commits and, and um, uh, recruits because they weren't—they weren't doing that well. They weren't, you know, making a bowl game. All of a sudden, they have seven, eight wins, and now kids are starting to really consider USF. So I think winning is is, is a, a big, probably the biggest factor in recruiting. Is can I go somewhere where they're going to win, and can I go somewhere where I'm going to be able, on a big stage and be recognized? So it, it's definitely huge.
0: All right, Lyndon. Um, what are some of the other prospects uh, that IU are, are looking at, and that potentially are looking at IU and, and, and maybe Hoosiers in the future?
2: For for what for what class?
0: Uh, we'll go uh, we'll go this year uh, first, and then if you have any for the 2017 class, uh, we'll add in those as well.
2: Sure. For 2016, you, know, you got to think of Craig Watts. I mean, Indiana's definitely up there. He's a four-star safety. You guys have been on him for a long time. He was the first school to offer him. He remembers that. That's really key. Um, up there with, you know, USF, Col- he's a Colorado commit, so obviously them, and then UNC right now. Um, you got to think of the three-star, um, Brandon Drayton at a Largo from the same school as uh, Crawford and uh, Hale. Um, he's, he just told me a couple minutes ago that Indiana's high on in his list. Um, Florida stopped by to see him the other day, so, you know, he's definitely an intriguing prospect um then you have you know pro wells he's kind of this under the radar kid he's a six foot six tight end extremely athletic yards after catchability. he got an offer from iowa state the other night that was his first big time offer but you know he's he, i think he's a big time prospect um and lastly key wetzel out of countryside uh extremely versatile you guys have offered him he's a two-star athlete should be ranked higher um doesn't really have a bigger offer he's kind of waiting on miami and some of those bigger p5s but um, he's definitely someone who could contribute right away. All those guys I named could contribute right away, just like Crawford did this year. Um, and if for 2017, you know, obviously C.J. Copman and Darius Lemons; those those guys are the studs here. Um, and then Kane Taylor, he's a linebacker out of Clearwater. Obviously Matt Landers, Indiana loves Matt Landers. Those coaches talk to me all the time about him. Um, six foot five receiver from Admiral Farragut. And the last four names: Jordan Scott. He's a big time defensive lineman out of Pinellas Park. Um, Amari Bernie. He's a 2018 kid. He's going to be a, a big time, four star, five star level prospect. Um, and the last two names are Jaquez Jones. And, uh, he's one out of Clearwater slot receiver. Just got an offer from Cincinnati. Uh, Indiana loves him. They're just, they're waiting on a couple things to happen, but they, they're going to offer him soon. And obviously the four star lineman out of Northside Christian,
0: Dylan Gibbons. So
2: those, those, those guys are your, your studs.
0: Awesome. Uh, TJ, you have any uh questions for Lyndon? Yeah, I, I
4: you know throughout the season, I know you see a lot of uh, a lot of high school football. You see a lot of guys uh, who are a couple or however many you want to name of the uh, the best players that just college football fans in general are going to want to keep an eye on here in the next couple years that you think will have a big impact moving forward. Uh, for what what year? The seniors at what class? But the ones that you've seen uh, this season person, okay. that uh, that you think are going to impact on the college level, uh, starting next year. Um, Craig Watts and um,
2: Key Wetzel, those two guys for the seniors, and Pro Wells. He's got an unbelievable ceiling. He's a six foot six tight end, as I said. Um, his yards after catch ability for a tight end is something rare. You know, most guys aren't able at the tight end position to catch a ball and juke two guys out and get 30 yard gains. He can do that. Um, 2017, I mean, it's, it's CJ Cotman and Adarius Darius lemons. Those two guys are very special. You know, lemons is a six foot two running back and uh, Cotman's probably the, the best player in my opinion, my humble opinion in the Tampa Bay area. Um, he played, you know, Devin Barrett, a four-star athlete who's got offers from Alabama and Ohio state this week. And he, he did better than him and Nate Craig, who's a five-star receiver, top 10 player in the country. They played CJ Cotman was the brightest star on the stage. Um, he also played against a four-star tight end, Berkeley Mathis, uh, Ber- uh, Jacob Mathis from Berkeley Prep. Um, wiped the floor with that team. I mean, every every, t- every big game, C.J. Copman shows up. He's, I just have immense amount of um, respect and belief in his game. Um, and I, I think the last two names I'll last two names I'll give you are Matt Landers and uh, Jordan um, Jordan Scott. Uh, those those guys are, are going to have a big in- impact. But definitely for the for the junior class, it's C.J. Copman and Adarius Lemons. And then for the senior class, um, Craig Watts, Pro Wells, and Key Wetzel.
4: And and, and
2: throw in Brandon Drayton in there if if he's in the right system.
4: And then uh, one more. Is there, you know, everybody's aware of the coaching carousel. And uh, just in general, how do you or how have you seen uh, this year's coaching changes kind of impact the recruiting scene does it does it actually have as big an impact as everybody makes it out to be do you think it's yeah. a bit overblown or uh no, just right. how have you have you seen that impact things here in the last couple of weeks
2: last week we had a you know two two uh two to three star linebacker Jake Hansen from Eastlake. he was committed to iowa state they have a coaching change he decommits a week later um it made an immediate impact and now he's looking for a school um you see it across the state you know kids that uh you know, have offers that are pulled with a new coaching staff that comes in. It affects it immensely because that relationship, if, if a coach is fired or if he's gone, that, that relationship is gone. And all of a sudden they're stuck with some new guy they've never met. And relationships mm-hmm. are everything. Tr- trust is, is the biggest thing when it comes to recruiting is, you know, can I trust you? And, you know, if if that coach is gone, then they have no one to trust. So it it, it affects it immensely. It's, it's definitely worth the hype. And um, so it tr- trust is everything. That's all I can say.
0: Hmm. All right. Lyndon, before we get you out of here, um obviously college football, the uh, bowl games are coming up and the playoffs are coming up. Uh who's your playoff picks?
2: Uh for what games? For the Final 4?
0: Yeah, for the Final 4, the the I what is it? It's the Cotton Bowl and the Orange Bowl and then yeah. then the final game in in Arizona.
2: Oh boy. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be uh Clemson and, you know, Michigan State. I think I think they're going to
0: I think they're going to make it.
2: Um, And uh, for the final, I'm going to go at Michigan State. I like what they're doing, and I like their defense, and they've been very timely this year. Um, I'm going to roll at Michigan State. I I think they're going to win it all.
0: Well, you sure do know your audience.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, Hey, I'm just being honest with you, guys. You know, i got to be honest. That's that's what I think. I think, you know, they have a very good defense. Their offense
0: is a little suspect at times, but – you know, hey, they 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 make the big plays when they need them. Oh, yeah, they they sure do, and and it seems like they play um they play better with the chip on their shoulder, and you know mm-hmm. the national media is not going to give them a shot against Alabama, um so, you know, we'll get down in the Cotton Bowl, it's technically an Alabama home game since it's uh you know in the South, but. Um, I think that plays right into Michigan State's hands. Uh they yep. they love being that underdog. Uh they were against Ohio State. Um they were a little bit against uh Iowa where Iowa's grabbing headlines. Uh, and they and they know how to make people pay pay for underestimating them.
2: But I think the winner of the Alabama Michigan State game, that 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 the, the winner of that game will win it all in my opinion.
0: Okay? All right. Well, uh, Lyndon, thanks for for joining us. It's always a pleasure having you on. Um, you know, keep following Lyndon on Twitter. Uh, Lyndon, tell us a, uh, about your Twitter handle.
2: Oh, my Twitter handle is at Lyndon underscore O. So at L Y N D E N underscore O. All
0: right. Well, Give
3: Lyndon.
0: Me a follow. <laughs> uh, yeah, fo- follow Lyndon. He's all over recruiting down in uh, Pinellas County. Uh, he's also has a great eye for talent. He's the one who called it. Jonathan Crawford would uh, be starting uh, almost from day mm-hmm. one, and uh, mm-hmm. he was. He got uh, freshman All-American honors uh, from ESPN.com this week. So, uh, Lyndon knows deal. what he's talking about, and um, it is a huge deal, and, and hopefully Donovan Hale finds a home somewhere. Uh, he's too talented not to. Uh, you used him as receiver, kick returner. Um, they had him running uh, at quarterback as well. So uh, he might be Mr. Everything for the Hoosiers here uh, down the road.
2: Yeah. Last thing, what are you guys' picks? Do you think Indiana's going to win, and who are you guys' picks
0: for the Final Four? Uh, I I think Indiana uh, should beat Duke. Uh, They're two-point favorites. Uh, You know, they they ended the season on a roll, but, you know, having four or five weeks off uh, may have cooled them off a little bit. But, I think their offense, uh, it, it should be a shootout. Uh, both defenses aren't great. Um, so I, I'll go with the Hoosiers there. My playoff picks, I'd like to see Michigan State beat Alabama, um, you know, expose uh, Alabama a little bit. Plus, when Alabama loses, those fans are furious. Um But I can see, uh, man, Clemson. You know, Clemson doesn't get the respect that they deserve. Deshaun Watson might be the best player in the country. I agree. And he and he gets no Heisman hype. It's all about Derrick Henry and and all the other people. But he's the quarterback on the number one team. He takes care of the ball and and, and all he does is win. So I, I I take Clemson over Michigan State in in the final. Yeah. Last thing, just
2: yeah. remember the name Amari Amari Bernie for 2018. That's my last thing.
0: Just Remember him. Uh, all right. Okay. Uh, Tj, yeah. your picks.
4: Yeah, I I think Indiana's gonna gonna win to say, I don't know, thirty something to twenty something. I think Indiana wins by about ten points. Um for the playoffs I say Alabama knocks off Michigan State, but Michigan State uh certainly makes it closer than the ten uh, point spread. I will take Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield's man Manchu mustache over Clemson and then uh I'll go ahead and roll with uh with Baker Mayfield and the Oklahoma Sooners, which wow. as, soon as, I put any, well, as soon as I put any faith in them, I know they're going to just blow up and be horrible on the big stage. But sure, why not? All right. That's a All surprise
0: right. pick right there. Yeah, yeah, the return of big game Bob Stoops. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, well, Lyndon, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure. We'll get you more on as the season, uh, bowl season winds down and we get into the harder recruiting season. Uh, Signing day is mid-February, and uh, as always, uh, we really appreciate your time and coming on. Thanks,
2: guys. Uh, Good luck to Indiana.
0: Thank you, Lyndon. Have a good one. You too. That was Lyndon Ostrander from the Tampa Tribune. Uh, He picks uh, Michigan State to uh, knock off Alabama and then knock off Clemson in the final. Uh, I took the reverse. I think that Clemson would knock off Michigan state, um, but do not bet everything on Clemson uh, because of me. I take no responsibility for that. Um, and don't get mad at me if you uh, bet the house and lose. So uh, TJ, uh, let's talk a little bit more about this, this uh, the, the impact on recruiting with the pinstripe bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked both to Matt and Lyndon and this, the momentum IU has gotten, even though it's a six and six season and and it's a bowl game, it's it is a good bowl game. You're in a major city, uh, probably as Matt said, the greatest city in the world. Um but you have a lot of alumni there. Uh, I, I expect there to be a lot of IU fans at Yankee Stadium. It's a three thirty game, it's on A B C and you could tell that you know the kids that Lyndon has talked to down in Florida, they they know IU. Whereas sometimes uh you go outside of the state of Indiana. Even in the state of Indiana, they're like, "Hey, Indiana has a football team." Uh, so, yeah. you know, I, I think that that has the bowl game has an impact on how Indiana's viewed it nationally.
4: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, I think it's a good spot. You know, you're not jammed in with you know four or five other games and a couple of them that are on at the same time, where you're kind of relegated to ESPN two and going up against uh you know a more attractive matchup. There's there's really not gonna be a lot of other things on television uh at that time. So it's it's a good time slot, it's a good T V spot for them on A B C again. They've played a lot of games on A B C this year, uh and you know, been competitive and entertaining in pretty much all of those spots. Uh I I you know, the alumni thing I have no idea uh what kind of response they're gonna get ticket wise, but it's I think one of the cool things about the pinstripe bowl is there's not gonna be a ton of available seats for that game. Uh, just because of the way that they lay things out. Um obviously it's in a baseball stadium, so the way things are laid out with the seating it's it's not I don't know what the capacity is for the football game, but it's not gonna look real barren because there's not a ton of available seats. So you're not sitting inside of an 80,000 seat stadium where, you know, the bull crowd shows up and it looks, you know, three-fourths empty. That's not going to be the case, which is going to look good on TV. Um, I, I think from a perception standpoint, uh, obviously you will have the opportunity to beat another power conference team, which I think is good. It, you can It gives the coaching staff something to point to and say, look, we had a winning record look, we beat two ACC teams in addition to these Big Ten teams, you know, in addition to the Conference USA champion. So I think at In point earlier, you know, the coaching staff previously had been kind of pointing to playing time and, you know, selling, look, we're building something. Well, they can really point to now, look, we're developing players. Look, yes, you could still have playing times you're in it. And, look, we have built something. I mean, we've built a program that has gone to a bowl game and won it or at least participated in it. So um, I think it gives the opportunity to sell some more uh, provocative – or not provocative, but the effective storylines on the uh, on the recruiting trail. And just from a purely quality of your program standpoint, Indiana gets this extra time to practice. Uh, Kevin Wilson said – that they are using these extra practices to evaluate what they need to go recruit. And I think that's a very important point because number one, it's going to be good for the coaches to be able to evaluate what the roster is for. Number two, uh, it's giving these young players a chance to work more with the coaches and with their teammates in a football setting, preparing for a game that's really important to them. So that's that's more time to develop as you move to 2016. Um, and that's a really big deal for a program that is bringing back a lot on defense and a lot of help on that side of the ball. They need that development. And on offense, bringing back a lot of pieces that you know, you're not going to be working with the same quarterback that you are now, but it's a lot of guys that are going to be returning to their roles or along the offensive line are going to be stepping into new roles. So, it's a really important development time for the program, and that cannot be underestimated.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, uh, when Wilson talked last week on Sunday, he said a lot of the veterans, um, you know, they they basically went through the stretching and the warm-ups and then basically took the uh, load off and were recovering. um, I wouldn't say relaxing, Mm -hmm. but recovering from injuries, recuperating, and getting re-energized. And after talking to some of those seniors like Zach Shaw and Nick Mangieri, uh, even Marcus Oliver, who's still a, a young kid but played a ton of football. Um, you know, am not saying that Shaw and Mangieri are, are old men out there on a walker or anything, but, uh, you know, they, they look refreshed, they feel refreshed. And you're 100% right that they are looking at the young talent on this team. Um, I talked to, uh, I believe it was Marcus Oliver, about how are these young kids on defense doing like in these practices? Because in the regular season, all these young guys are practicing the other team's defense. So now they're starting to practice. I use defense and they see why they're doing things on defense and why, you know, the, the real philosophy behind it. So, you know, this was always, you know, I, I think you agreed with me, but this is always the perk of the bowl game, no matter where you went. with these extra practices and the development for the young guys? So hopefully, yeah. it pays off both this year and down the road, where you know these guys get those first team repetitions um, and start moving at at game speed slightly. Yeah,
4: I think really the goal I think for this for this uh, this period of practice is twofold. Uh, first, the goal is prepare for Duke and give yourself the best chance you can to win that game. And really, like you said, for the veterans that have had a long season uh, of really physically demanding football, I think the goal is to recuperate, re-energize. I think those are really good words for what they're trying to do. Um, As far as the young players, the goal is beginning to grasp and understand what they are going to be required to do next season. Uh, see who can step up, see what areas for the coaches, see what areas maybe you don't have quite what you want heading into next season or into the next couple of seasons. So it gives you an opportunity to go target that in recruiting. Um, so I, I I do agree that these extra practices are very very important not just to prepare for the game but I think just as equally important to prepare for the next season Uh, and it gives players you know I know that just from a athletic standpoint if you're able to go out for two or three weeks and practice something uh, knowing that okay this is what I'm going to be expected to do as opposed to just being told it like you had the chance to actually do it it's going to make you that much more confident throughout the off season that you have a good idea of what you're going to be doing in that next season. I mean, you know, practice. I'm not going to say practice makes perfect. That's never been the case with Indiana's defense. But being familiar with something gives you more confidence with something. So if the Indiana players that are young and have not had the chance to really practice at uh, you know with the first team or um, doing anything more than the scout team, if those young guys can take this experience throughout practice and take it forward into the off season, with familiarity with the schemes and with, like you said, the philosophy of why they do things on defense, which, to be frank, sometimes I wonder that myself. Um, if they can figure that out and have that familiarity with it, that's going to make a big difference heading into next season, uh, just in spring ball and in, in fall camp. I mean, they should be ahead. Of where they were at this time last year just based on having these practices so that's a big deal
0: yeah it's like having a second spring ball uh and, yes, and you're board. right you know and, and evaluating talent where maybe somebody shows more potential than than they showed before or you know right. kind of fa- fallen off really helps you in recruiting uh but you know we'll see hopefully uh they could get the win in the ball game uh, we will see it sounded like according to Matt a couple of these guys might commit soon. Uh so keep an eye mm-hmm. out on on our Twitter. I do want to point out that TJ uh Fred Glass is offering $10 tickets to stu- IU students. Um usually the face value on those are 55 um or 50, so IU is eating about you know 90% of that uh of that money. And so if you're a student in the New York City area, uh, in the tri-state area, or if you want to just drive to New York with some buddies, I, I know there's a, a GoFundMe campaign uh, going around Facebook for I think it's House 405. A bunch of IU fans who are seniors, um, ten ten dollars student tickets. It's it's not a, a, a too difficult of a drive. Um, it is a long drive, and and being in the winter, it might be a tougher drive. But um, go see New York City during the holidays go to the bowl game, um, it'll be worth it, and $10 tickets should help you uh, get into the game uh, and lighten the load on on gas money and all that stuff.
4: Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it would be a trip that, uh, as a student, you know, if you don't have a lot of real-life responsibilities yet, uh, why the heck not? I mean, it's, it's something that we hope becomes, a, becomes an annual thing that Indiana's playing in the postseason, but you can't take it for granted. You sure can't. Um, it's something no, that hasn't happened in a long kids. time, so make it yeah, count.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of those road trips you tell your kids uh, in, in college. I remember my dad, he went to Penn, and there was a couple nights during the weekend they'd drive up to Brooklyn in New York uh, and go to Nathan's on Coney Island. So those those are the stories that, that uh, you know, transcend generations. And if you want to do the road trip uh, – that'd be awesome. But TJ, we are out of time. Uh, enjoy, uh, the rest of your day. Uh, enjoy the weekend and, and, and the, the, the warm weather in Indianapolis. So uh, hopefully you can get out, maybe go to the park and, uh, and, and get some things done.
4: Yeah. It's a fifth year, five year anniversary for my wife and I. So oh,
0: I know well, she's definitely
4: not listening. Yeah, I know she's definitely not listening, but, Happy anniversary to her anyway. Um, I'll be sure to tell her in person so she actually hears it. <laughs> yeah, may, maybe buy some flowers too. Just, you know, the, yeah, well, you know, I don't want to spoil her too much.
0: <laughs> yeah, may, maybe on the sixth year anniversary. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, congratulations to to, to you, you. too. Yeah. Um, enjoy. Go enjoy a nice dinner and, um, you know, enjoy the rest of your weekend. You.
4: Thanks everybody for listening and uh we will have a lot more preview content for Duke. We'll dive deeper into uh into the matchups and all that good stuff. We'll have the typical primer and uh get to know your opponents, all the typical stuff we do, plus a cool you know, a few other cool bull coverage things I'm sure. And um I know we'll have another podcast before the Duke game. So in the meantime, enjoy uh enjoy the holiday season everybody and thanks for
0: listening. Yep, thanks for listening. Uh... You know, we are sponsored by D'Angelo's uh, in Bloomington. So uh, if you are craving good Italian food, go down there. It's casual atmosphere, um, very good food. Uh, they'll take good care of you at uh, D'Angelo's. It's on 3rd Street by the College Mall. Uh, it's in the, the strip mall next to it. So uh, go there, enjoy the food. Uh, also follow us on Twitter. It's at Hoosier underscore huddle. We'll have all your news for the ball game. Uh, recruiting and all of that stuff. Um, So follow us there. Our Facebook page is down. We're having some security issues. Uh, Apparently my name actually is not Hoosier Huddle uh, and Facebook won't believe me. Uh, So uh, do bear with us on that. If you're looking for our Facebook page, otherwise keep going to HoosierHuddle.com. We appreciate your viewership and your comments. Um, So keep, keep commenting, keep tweeting at me. Uh, And have a great day.
1: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs)
2: Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah.